This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control and my name is Ali Johan. Joined tonight by our automotive specialist, Mr. Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you for still calling me an automotive specialist and good evening, everybody. Uh, 2024 and we know uh, early parts uh, in the year. Um, yes. How's the automotive scene looking like, Daniel? We are going to be talking a lot about the EV price war that's impending new brands in the market. Yes, yes. It's, it's going to be, I think, the most exciting automotive year in a long time because... With new brands coming in, that's also good news because the, the, the buying public gets a lot of choices. With the EV price war that I am guesstimating, it's going to be a great time for the middle-class Malaysians to buy a brand new electric car. That's all coming up on the show as well as a review of Honda Civic Type R. Nice car to drive, I bet. Beyond nice. It's an awesome car, but just stay tuned. We will share that excitement in about that 35 minutes. Yes. Before that, some news. We rarely start the show with JPJ news, but this week we have JPJs just rolled out some new features on their MyJPJ app. The first one being sharing road tax function. Uh, what is this, NL? So what I think they're doing is they're trying to make it easy for you know family members and maybe uh, you know friends to drive uh, your car. So for example, like. Uh, I have two sons, you know, uh, I have a wife. And, you know, if they want to drive a car that is registered under my name, and in case they come to a roadblock, uh, because we don't have the, 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 the road tax displaying anymore. So this time, they can actually take out their phone and share. The only worry I have with this system, because I'm an old man, I, I only worry about the fact that, what if I run out of battery power? Mm, that's highly likely to happen. Sometimes the most th- crucial moments. Yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, why not have the officers have their own system ready to check. They should have it in their, in, their, in their government laptops, you know. As soon as they screen our couplet numbers, right? Exactly, By exactly. Right. So I'm hoping that, you know, the law will slowly evolve to say, hey, you know, if we, if we spot you, we can actually check for you. Because I think this is going to be a little bit of a problem for the older generation who are not tech savvy, you know. The other new function uh, with the app is... Uh, now you can renew your road tax and driver's license directly through the app, Daniel, beginning yes. 1st of February 2024. This is big. Yes, this I think is fantastic because I do all my renewals at the post office. So for a lot of people are saying this is good news, I can just do it you know, at the comfort of my home or in the office or whatever. But I love going to the post office. I love interacting with the people. Service is good, service is fast. But I think we're moving to an age where we don't interact with people. And you know, I'm a little bit disappointed with that, but it's just me. That is the future. In a couple of years, we've moved away from sticky car sticker road tax. To yeah, now. I mean, that is a great move. That's right? a great move. Now it's know? fully digital and you can renew your road tax and license yes. uh, through the app as well. So those are the new right. features on the MyJPJ app. Now, new car launches, Jeku. Yeah, the first big news for 2024 for the Malaysian market is Jeku. Now, what is Jeku? Uh, never heard of it before. Never seen it before for 99.9% of Malaysians, okay? Deku mm. is a sub-brand of Cherry Automotive. Okay. So we all know Cherry. Cherry's made a big move into Malaysia. Um, they launched the Model 5, which has got runaway success. Then they launched a, a Tigo 8 Pro, which is their bigger SUV, competes directly with the Proton X90, a three-row seater. Um, 
both these vehicles are Cherry vehicles. Now, Cherry in China, when we went uh, for visit a few months ago, they gave us a teaser with Jeku. And Jeku actually is not just one or two products. It's a few products. So what they're trying to do is Cherry has decided that they are going to be just like Toyota. Wow. Now, why I say Toyota? You got Toyota and you got Lexus. Lexus is the premium brand of Toyota. So for Cherry, Jeku is their premium brand. Ah, right. I see it. I see now, it. So if you look at all the Jeku vehicles, uh, of course, they previewed two cars in Malaysia. One is confirmed coming. The next one will come soon later. I'll explain that as we go along. There is no car in the portfolio right now. It's all SUVs. Okay. When I asked them in, in China, they said, well, the market globally has moved into SUVs. Whether small, medium or large, everyone wants an SUV. So, Jeku will listen to what the market conditions are. And you know, the Chinese car manufacturers are very fast to evolve, very fast to understand what market needs are and quickly change. So, right now, they've got all these SUVs, three different sizes. But for Malaysia, we're only previewing two. So, it's a J7, which is confirmed coming in the next couple of couple of weeks, I think. And then the J8. Now, the, the, the 8 is slightly bigger vehicle, bigger engine, more features and everything else. And they've teased us. They know we're going to talk about it. We're going to write about it. We're going to photograph it, YouTube and everything else. And they say, okay, we're not going to give you the price. Okay? So, I'll start with the J7. Now, the J7, uh, if you look at it, uh, I would say it's the size of a Range Rover Evoque. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, maybe slightly longer. It's got a 200 millimeter ground clearance, big wide grill. You see, if you look at the front, it's like a very big imposing grill, and you got that huge word there, Jeku. Mm. It's powered by a 1.6 liter turbocharged engine. So they're downsizing the engines. They're giving it a very strong turbocharger. So it's got 194 horses and 290 newton meters of torque. It'll do the zero to 100 dash in eight seconds. Now, um, all this sounds great because it's a big SUV, but uh, you go in the JQ7, and you'll realize the fit, finish, touch points, everything looks very, very premium. And they've got this, you know, nice, chunky terrain response control system. It's got nice, big, chunky door handles. It's got a lot of features which I dare say seems to be borrowed from the Land Rover company. Interesting, yeah. So that's Chinese brand Jeku making an entrance to the Malaysian market uh, with mm. the J7 SUV uh, from China coming to Malaysian markets soon. Still with Chinese brands, the EV segment in Malaysia is about to get more interesting. We're going to see an influx of new car brands. And one of them is a premium manufacturer from China called Xpeng. Right. Never heard of now, the name, don't know what right. the car looks like. Don't worry. When I wrote this article, there were a number of people who actually wrote it and said, did you get your spelling right? You know, because it's X-P-E-N-G. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then they asked, you, you sure you got it right? But if you Google X-Ping, X-Ping is an up-and-coming big uh, electric car manufacturer. They've been around for some time. They've been producing cars. Of course, left-hand drive in China, they're selling very well. Uh, if you Google them, you look at the product lineup, it's only two, two vehicles. But it's two very, very seductive-looking vehicles. Now, if you look at the picture we shared on DSF, uh, this is the P7, the sedan. If you look at this vehicle and you look at what Cherry is going to be releasing very soon called the Cherry Exceed, looks similar. The Huawei, which we talked about last week, mm. looks similar. The Sony electric car, which is coming from China, looks similar. Okay? The Porsche Taycan, which has been around for a few years, looks similar. That is so a I benchmark. Think, 
Yes, that's what I'm saying. So if you look at all these cars, and there's even more coming out of China, but right now they're all left-hand drive. They all look like the Porsche Taycan. Hmm. And the Porsche Taycan with its sleek, slippery uh, shape has inspired all these Chinese manufacturers to say, hey, this is the way to go with an electric car. And when you see these cars on the road, at first glance, you say, it's a Taycan. It's a Taycan, it's a Taycan, it's a Taycan, it's a Taycan. Then you say, oh no, it's another brand. You know, because a lot of them are so similar, you, you think almost it's a copy, but actually, yeah, side by side, you notice big differences. It's the silhouette and the way it's designed that, that, that has been inspired by the Porsche Taycan. The team from Xping, uh, which is from China, they came to Malaysia a few, few weeks ago. They were talking to two big car distributors. The first one, it didn't work out. Uh, I can't share the reasons why. The second one looks like the handshake was done and they will be launching this year because the right-hand drive is already produced. They're already coming into the Australian market. And, you know, once you get into the Australian and New Zealand market, it's easy to come into the rest of um, ASEAN because why? It's all right-hand drive. Yeah. But because Australia is a very uh, uh, mature electric car market, you know, they're, they're growing faster than us, it's easier for them to go into Australia first. And, you know, if, if the Australians accept it, the ASEAN market will say, hey, hmm. we want a, a bit of this car. Now, the other thing also, when you look at this car, you'll notice that it's got a bit of similarities to the Tesla Model 3, the new one. Yes. Okay. Now, we know the Tesla Model 3 comes from China for the ASEAN market. And then we look at the price. Now, in China, there's two versions of this P7. One is priced at around 140000 The long-range uh top-of-the-line four-wheel drive version is priced at around 212,000 ringgit. So, we reckon the landed price in Malaysia with you know, all the um, additional shipping costs, logistics, insurance, uh, plus the after-sales and everything else, 260, 270, which is below 300,000, mm -hmm. but slightly more than the Tesla Model 3. So, there will be people out there say, hey, why are you comparing with Tesla? Now, the reason why I'm comparing with Tesla is because this gives you longer driving range. It's four-wheel drive. It's a bigger vehicle. And come on, doesn't it look nice? Yeah. An unusual brand that we've never heard right. of before, right? Uh, compared to the Tesla, of course. All the other EVs, are, you know, in, in this yeah. shape, the Porsches, the Audis, you know. Uh, so, that's the X-Bank. P7, sports sedan from China, set to enter the Malaysian market, already in talks about uh, about it arriving here. Yes. Now, we're going to look at some regional headlines as well. Uh, another Chinese brand, Zika, just opened up uh, a factory in Singapore. What does this mean since it's Singapore, you know, just next door? Are we going to get Zikas in our country? Okay, Zika is confirmed from Malaysia. It's a done deal. Now, I'll tell you why. Because Zika is a product from Geely. And Geely owns Proton. Yep. Geely has, you know, big shares with with with, uh, with Volvo. Geely is also, uh, you know, part owner of Smart Electric Cars. Mm -hmm. And then they also have Polestar, which is a full electric car. So if you put all this together, if you if you if if you put it all in one basket, what does it mean? Because Geely has already come to Malaysia and said that they are working with DRB to start an electric automotive hub in Malaysia. Okay, now if you want to start an electric automotive hub in Malaysia, what does that mean? You're using Malaysia as a base to not only put together your cars, your electric cars, to you know uh, um, uh, encourage the workforce to start learning and working in this in this market. Plus, you're going to be exporting to the region because right now this region is absorbing electric cars at a faster rate than anywhere else in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you do this in Singapore, you're just teasing the market because Singapore is a fully imported market. They don't believe in local assembly or anything like that. It's easy for Zika to take a the right-hand drive car, launch it in Singapore to basically tell the rest of the region, hey, it's coming. Because why? You're all right-hand drive. Correct. Along with Singapore, right. they're also launching in Hong Kong and Macau, who are also both right-hand drive countries. Exactly. And and these are all, you know, similar to Singapore, small countries, islands. They're basically island states. And, you know, for them, they don't do local assembled cars. So it's clear that Zika is going to make a big entry into Malaysia. They're already registered here to open shop and everything else. It's just a matter of when. Now, I've seen these cars in, in, um, in China uh, when I was there. They look really, really European. They don't look out of place if you see them in, say, Germany or, you know, some parts of Europe. So coming to Malaysia will be very interesting because they come with a very, very interesting price point. And if they do it this year, they'll still have the tax-free status because the tax-free status for electric cars ends uh, December this year. There's a good chance it'll be extended another few more years. But they will ask all these, these manufacturers to do some form of local assembly to get the tax incentive uh, stabilized. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The government cannot keep giving free tax, you know, duty-free cars uh, to, to all these, uh, these electric cars and then lose out on revenue, you know? And then the ICE guys are, you know, producing cars in factories and paying tax and everything else. So I think they're going to do this local assembly, which also helps our workforce and everything else. This is going to be when our discussion will come later on the price war. That's right. So, Mini Global Headlines uh, involving right. Mini, in fact, uh, the company Mini. Uh, they've got a new Countryman uh, model for 2024 and going to come in a diesel engine to go along with their petrol and full electric powertrain. And Honda. Honda are investing into EV production in Canada. This is a yes. big one. Uh, reported on the Nikkei News Group about a $14 billion US dollar investment. Honda, uh, for the longest time, Daniel, they haven't been too fast on EV technology? I would say all the Japanese car manufacturers have been holding back. Subaru has, has done a joint venture with Toyota for electric cars. Uh, Toyota has been doing hybrids so well around the world. I think they, saw, they, they said to themselves, why bother with full electric? Because why? Charging infrastructure. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mazda did a little bit. Not the biggest seller. Nissan has been doing a lot of electric cars. In Japan, I think they're the number one electric car provider. Uh, Mitsubishi has got the small K cars, which are electric, doing very well in Japan also. But again, all this has not gone in on, on a big global scene. Because why? Their production cost is still very high because they don't have raw materials. Right. Everything's being brought in. And you know, Japanese production levels are very expensive because their salaries are high and everything is high. So when you start thinking about price point, they seem to lose out in a duty-free environment. Okay, so I think Honda has said, I think, we, you know, at some point we need to catch up and we need to catch up fast by going to Canada or North America or anywhere in America means they want to tap into that huge marketplace which is absorbing electric cars in a huge way and Honda is one of the biggest Japanese brands in North America right now. So the brand power is still there. So I think they'll do that first. And, you know, a few weeks ago, we did report that Honda has started assembling the NE1 electric SUV in Thailand. If they're assembling in Thailand, there's a good chance it'll trickle down to Malaysia. But they don't want to say anything. But I'm just saying it's a very good chance. Nice. Uh, That's where we'll leave you for now. News headlines for this week. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the EV price war right here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan tonight together with Daniel Fernandez. Thank you for sticking with us. And now all of these um, EV companies coming into the region in a big way. Last year we saw BYD and and, and Aura uh, make a splash in the market. And this year we're going to see more Daniel. So the prices uh, when Tesla came onto the scene uh, were thrown into a sort of like uh, instability uh, because of yes. Tesla's move. Um, are we going to see more of that? And what's the price going to look like for electric vehicles in, in, in this country this year? Okay, so we all know that electric cars are tax-free right now. That's yeah. a fact. They're fully imported. They're tax-free. It's never been a better time for anyone in Malaysia to buy a tax-free car without going to Langkawi or Labuan. Okay? So it's a it's a great playing field. And it's easy for us to also guesstimate prices because we know the the, the, the export prices from the country of origin. We just add a little bit percentage for, for shipping logistics. Now, all that is fine. But when BYD came into Malaysia, they made the biggest noise initially because why they, they started with the Ato 3. That kind of booming success, you know, thousands of units were sold and everything else. Then we saw the Dolphin. Now, it's not that much smaller than the Auto 3. It's just a different kind of shape, design and all that. But it also created a big stir at below 140,000 ringgit. So that was at that time touted as the best value for money electric car to buy, you know. Then Neta V came. Now, Neta V is not exactly the kind of electric car anybody wants because the build quality is, you know, and the driving distance is... Everything about the car is just... But, you know, it's 99,000 ringgit. Now... 99,000 ringgit may be affordable to a lot of people, but not when you're looking at the Neta V. So, you don't see them on the road. I don't think sales are very good. Now, in between that, we saw the Aura Good Cat making uh, you know, reasonably good sales, but they brought the price down. And by bringing the price down, I think they, they, they made a mistake. But I think they had to. Because when the Dolphin sales started booming, Aura, Great Wall needed to bring the Aura Good Cat price down. So, we saw a movement of about 15,000, 20,000 down. And then... We heard about Tesla. Now, when Tesla came into the market, they started at just above 180,000. Of course, everyone is going for the highest spec, which is above 200,000. And then once you add autopilot and everything else, it goes to 260, 270. But nobody looks at that. They just look at the starting price of just below 190,000. And and that seems to be like, you know, like, oh, I can afford the car, you know, because it's below 200,000. Of course, when you go into the showroom and you start ticking the boxes, then you say, mm, I'm already committed. Never mind, I'll go ahead. And the reason why Tesla can make the car price so so attractive in Malaysia is because they just hand you the documents you got to go to JPJ and do everything you got to you, you got to register the car you got to get your number plate you know you have to do all the legwork which previously the sales outlet does it and the sales outlet does it because they have a six seven eight nine percent margin depending on which brand to put on for all these costs with Tesla you don't have all these costs because you don't have salesmen you just have people to take your order and then you, you do everything yourself. So this is already becoming an issue on the social media because car buyers who previously bought from any other brand says, hey, now i got to do everything myself. Huh? Mm. What is this? But you're getting the car at a very reasonable price. So it's a new way of selling cars. Maybe they underestimated you know, how spoiled, I'll use the word spoiled, Malaysians are. In, when, when you take delivery of the car, they want balloons, they want a teddy bear, they want to take some picture, put on social media. Now you go, you just get some documents. How to take picture of documents and put, you know? <laughs> you have to bring the car home, right. take your own balloon, blow it up, tie it to the car and take a picture, you know? So this has changed. Now, all this aside, we've got new brands coming in. So the first of the new brands that came in was Cherry Amoda. Now, the electric car will be launched in a few weeks' time. The Amoda 5. Petrol version already created a lot of waves. 
they've got you know 3000 over units already running around malaysia you know it's a good looking vehicle is nicely specced and everything else but the electric version is going to be launched very soon and the target price indicated is around 120 or 1000 ringgit at that price you're already lower than the dolphin you're lower than the aura good cat and you're lower than the tesla and it is it is exactly the same size as the Omoda 5 okay it the Omoda 5 is i would say it's a suv it's it's slightly smaller than tesla okay in terms of cabin space slightly you will not really feel that much difference okay it's of course slightly bigger than the dolphin okay so it's somewhere in between there but you know at 120 or 1000 ringgit yeah and with the solid warranty backup and you know the dealer network now is dealer network now is about 40 around malaysia it's going to be a hard hard time for the rest to keep up their sales momentum then you got smart hashtag 1 now smart hashtag 1 is a premium ev right in in competition with tesla okay now it's priced between 190 to 230000 So that means it's right in the Tesla range but there's no hidden cost everything is there they deliver the car to you they put the balloons for you they put the teddy bear they make you take a selfie they even put you on social media take a video and everything else so a lot of people are are moving towards the smart but their order bank is not that great yet Tesla is still way ahead of them because of the the fanboy uh, uh, you know following smart hashtag one is catching up but not fast enough now with the Omoda 5 coming in i'm not mentioning any price war coming from smart yet but what's going to happen is in a few weeks time we will be talking about a car called the MG4X power we mentioned it a few weeks ago it's been spotted in malaysia the office has been set up it's under SAIC from china which is the biggest automotive manufacturer in china the biggest now they are coming in very strong In Thailand they're already one of the top 10 car brands in Thailand. Now, if you can conquer Thailand, Malaysia next no problem. Now, that car with all its features has won numerous awards overseas. I'm talking about in Germany they won awards, Netherlands, UK, Australia and also in Thailand. Now, if you can take an electric car from China and play in all these mature markets and win awards, what does that say? you can hold your own definitely yes so when it's launched in malaysia sometime in late february or early march you heard it here first late february or early march that car is going to be priced a below 130000 ringgit whoa so it's going to be neck and neck with the amoda 5 ev if you're playing in this realm and then suddenly you have this award winning electric car coming in what are the rest going to do they have to bring their price down if they don't they're going to lose out on sales because these guys are coming in with not 10 20 units no they're coming in with a few thousand units uh, to enter our market it may not sound a lot when you compare to ice cars but in the electric car market right now bringing in a thousand units or 2000 units to 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 push into the market means you are taking this very seriously and because it's tax free it's easy because why you just put it on a ship you bring it in you can start selling and they've already got 18 dealers ready to operate if the mg4x power is priced below 130000 you heard it here first what's going to happen i think the first person that's going to react is cherry and byd they'll say hey i have to play in this market same segment one right? yeah. i got to push my price down 
If they push their price down, then what's going to happen? Smart hashtag one will say, oh, yo, I got customers really going down there. Even though it's a slightly smaller car, slightly, you know, lesser driving range, but it's a big price difference. So they need to bring their price down. When that happens, then you get Zika coming in. We talked about it earlier. Zika coming in, launching their car. They're going to have a great price point. I can't share it right now. They will push their price down. Then you got Xping coming in. And then the Tesla fanboys will say, hey, you know, these cars are much cheaper. Then Tesla will say, listen, I've already got my Giga factory working in China over time. I'm, the cars are already on a ship. 7,000 units are heading to ASEAN nations. few thousand are heading to Malaysia. Hey, never mind lah. I give cheaper prices. Because Mr. Elon Musk has done price war before in all the markets he's gone to. The moment the rivals lower their prices, he will push his prices even lower. He's given as much as 5,000 US dollar discounts on his cars. So can you imagine if, if Tesla pricing from 187,000 came down by 20,000? That's 167,000. So I'm very sure a price war is coming. And this is what I'm going to say. It's good news for Malaysian car buyers. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Tesla, actually, the numbers for the last quarter of last year just came out. And at the top of the pyramid, of course, Tesla and BYD are neck and neck. But BYD sold more vehicles than Tesla by about 100,000 units. Tesla delivered over 400,000 units and BYD um, reported sales were about 526,000 units for the same period. So, And also, I, I, I must mention this, BYD has got a third model coming to Malaysia. It's called the Seal. That is a nice-sized sedan, sports sedan, exactly the same size as the Tesla Model 3. It's a direct competitor in every single way, but it just delivers more features and more driving range. You know, it, it ticks the boxes a little bit more. That BYD Seal, I've, I've test-driven it in, in uh, Zhuhai, China on the racetrack. It's a very, very impressive vehicle. It's a premium cabin vehicle. And the price is exactly neck and neck with the Tesla Model 3 from 180 to 260,000. Now, even that makes BYD even more appealing because why? You must remember, they manufacture the vehicles and the batteries. That means they can actually play more with price and discounts. Yep. So, so it's going to be a great year. And you know, I'm just eager to get behind the wheel of all these cars and give you a full report as we go along the year. 2024 is shaping up nicely now. We're going to take a quick break before we come back with a car review. So keep it right here on Cruise Control BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Ali Johan tonight with Daniel Fernandez. A lot of EV talk tonight, price wars coming to uh, our country as more and more EV companies are entering the Malaysian market. But tonight's drive review, a rather um, conventional car, obviously a very powerful uh, performance sedan, is a Honda Civic Type R. I'm sorry, you're saying it wrong. It's Honda Civic Type R. <laughs> this is not a normal car. This is Type R. You know, I think back at all the old... Uh, Japanese war movies, eh? you know, the ancient times when, you know, Japan used to go on at war against all the nations. They had a strong army, they had fighters and all that. And I think all that is transported down into a company called Type R. <laughs> this is a fighter. This car is a real fighter. Now, 
I've driven a lot of Thai powers in my in my 24 years of doing this job. In the early years, of course, they never came in officially in Malaysia. So I drove French cars, I drove grey imported cars, uh, whether it's a Honda Accord Type R or a Honda Civic Type R. But they were mostly Honda Civics, okay? Because that was the most famous Type R. Then, of course, you had the NXX Type R, which I was lucky enough to drive on a racetrack in Japan many years ago, uh, thanks to uh, Honda Malaysia bringing us there. Uh, I couldn't afford it. Um, till today, you know, if you want to buy one of these cars, it's like six, seven hundred thousand ringgit, you know? Ooh. It's a Ferrari fighter, you know? Right. But anyway, Put all this aside, now we've got a brand new Type R in Malaysia. Now, this Type R is coming one year late. Now, it was, it was launched in Japan more than, slightly more than a year ago. And it was late simply because it was so popular. It was sold out in Japan even before they could start export deliveries. Okay, So, the export market around the world were all told to hold back. And I remember like, you know, nine, ten months ago reading about, you know, certain markets like Australia and Thailand people were paying 50,000, 60,000 ringgit premium to get a car in. You know, that's how uh, amazing this, 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 the popularity of this car. But put all that aside, we waited patiently. Then finally, Honda Malaysia launched this vehicle. Now, just before they launched, some private importers managed to squeeze in some used units, about 20, 22 units into Malaysia. They had the price at around 430 to 440,000 ringgit. These are used Japanese units, huh? Right. Then Honda Malaysia launched it with full warranty and full after sales. Now, remember this. Grey import cars got no warranty, no after sales. No recalls, nothing. Okay? They can tell you everything, but you know, sorry. It's not official. So, when Honda Malaysia launched it, the price was 399,000 ringgit. The following day, the private importers pushed their price down to 350 to 360. Okay. Okay. Now, most of them managed to sell it. Now, there's more coming in because Honda Malaysia's uh, stock is very slow. It's trickling in because of, of the, 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 the popularity in Japan. But the private importers now are selling them for about 330 to 350. There are some units coming in. Now, put all this aside. A little bit of history lesson. Now, tell me, tell you about the car. Yes. Most important part. Okay. So, this Type R looks exactly like the sedan version of the Honda Civic, which is a popular-looking car, but it's a hatchback, okay? The hatchback is not sold in Malaysia. It's sold in certain markets, but it's not sold here. The front, the nose looks exactly like, except you'll notice the flat fenders. So, all fenders are flat. It's wide. It looks very, very menacing. And you've got a nice, decent-looking large spoiler at the back. Not some outlandish, ugly-looking spoiler. Lah. Right. You still got, in the middle, three exhaust pipes. That's the Type R signature. Lah. Interior, all red, red, red and red, as you can see. Very in your face. You need some time to get used to it. Lah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and this is a very Type R signature anyway. Yes, Type R has always been like that. Then you got that manual gear shift. Now remember, all Type R cars are manual. Even from day one until now. Even with the Accord Type R manual. So, you got a six-speed manual gearbox. It's a very tight, precise gearbox, okay? So, what are the big changes in this car? Now, this car, of course, the body, shape, interior, everything is all new. But the engine has only been improved. Now, they've not changed it completely simply because this two-liter turbocharged inline four was already, you know, a groundbreaking engine. So, they said, we'll just improve on it. So, they made small improvements, but 
things like, you know, the flywheel now is 18% lighter. The chassis is 15% stiffer. So these are little things that make a little bit of difference to the performance and handling. Now, in terms of power output, uh, it's, it's now increased a little bit to 315. Uh, which is basically a nine horsepower increase over the outgoing model and 20 newton meters extra over the outgoing model. So it might not sound like a lot. And if you get into the older Type R and then now you, you jump into this car, immediately you're not going to feel any difference. Right. You know, immediately you're not going to say, wow, this is, you know, groundbreaking. No. Now, the older one did 5 point something seconds. This does 5.5. So it's like, 0.2.3 seconds difference. Top speed is slightly better at 272 kilometers an hour. So it doesn't mean that this car is going to, you know, like blow your mind away. But when you start living with it, you realize that the gear shifter, the clutch, all feel a little bit more meatier, you know? They feel more direct. Steering feels a little bit better. Maybe it's my imagination, but I think it feels better. Um, when you drive the car, when you, when you, when you really push it, without PDRM watching, you'll realize that this car handles better. And then, of course, is the looks. I love the look of this car. The previous one was a little bit too much for me, you know? Too many sharp lines, too many angles. This is smoother, cleaner, more refined. I think this, this one has grown up. This one has matured, you know? So, if I'm at my age thinking that, you know, I want one last hoorah with a manual car, this is the car to go for. Lah. The only... A little bit sad part is the price. At 399,000 ringgit, it's a big difference over the outgoing model. Now, when the previous Type R was launched in Malaysia, the asking price was a very reasonable 320,000. Why such a big jump? You got to think about engineering, you got to think about logistics, you got to think about so many other things before you say, hey, why the car is so expensive? You know what I mean? Now, 320 to 399, of course, a lot of people are going to say, you know, I think Honda Malaysia is overcharging. They're not overcharging because if you look at the, the price from, from Japan, it's not a big difference when you add in the taxes. Then if you look at what the grey importers are selling you, even now they sell you a used one for 350 340 There's no warranty, there's no after sales and it's been used. Let's face it. Lah. The first owner didn't go to the supermarket with the car, you know. <laughs> he didn't use it to do the school run. He wanted to abuse it, you know. Yeah. So you're getting a car that's been abused, maybe even slightly tuned, maybe even slightly chipped in Japan, but it's not someone who's doodling around, you know? So this is all the things you should consider because, of course, these cars are very, very well built. You know, they only come from one factory in the world. But again, it would have been abused at some point. I mean, even when I took the car out from, from Honda Malaysia, I abused it. Mm. I said, why not? <laughs> you know, it's a Type R. Yeah, it can take it. Of course you can take it. It's built to take it. But you know, if you keep abusing it over and over and over and over and over like I did for two years, you're going to have a lot of wear and tan maintenance. Lah. But if you do abuse it for five days like what I did, okay lah. You know? Right. But I mean, you know, for that price point, 399000 what else is in the market? Competitors Okay. Wise. I'm glad you asked that question. Okay. So a lot of people will say, oh yeah, what can I buy? Now, you can buy, in terms of second-hand cars, you can buy a four-year-old Mercedes AMG 45. Okay, that car new was 459,000. Today, it's about 300,000 second hand. Okay, I'm talking about a good condition one. Then you could get a very, very limited edition Hyundai i30N, which was launched a few years ago at about 300,000. Today, you can't find any in the market, but I think it should be around 200,000. Then you cannot forget the Renault Magane RS. The last Magane RS was four doors. It was really good looking, but it wasn't a fast seller or a hot seller. So... There's only a handful in town. 
I've not seen a used one in the market. If there's one in the market, so it'll probably be about 200,000. Now, you can go and buy the older Civic Type R, the FK8, the one before this, okay? And you can say, okay, lah, I've got about the same amount of power, handling and everything else, the red interior, slick gearbox and all that. Now, a used one is going for about 240 to 250,000. And when I use the word used, you know what I mean, right? Abused. Yes. So, if you want something more reasonable, if you think, okay, you know, I really need this Type R power, but I can't get this kind of pricing because of my budget, well, you can look at a Golf R. Now, the Volkswagen Golf R, brand new right now, is 330000 So that's about 70000 cheaper. And it's got almost similar performance, but it's automatic. So it's not for people like me, lah, you know, because I want a manual. If I want a performance car, I want a manual. But there'll be people who say, hey, Golf R, you know, very quick shifts, great to use, blah, 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 handling and all that. Okay, please, go ahead. Then you have the BMW M135X Drive, which is about 350000 Now, that also, about 50000 cheaper. Great handling, great power, but not as exciting as a Type R and not as fast. Then you have the closest rival, right side by side, the Toyota Yaris Gazoo Racing GR. Now, that's, that's a real pocket rocket. I've test driven that. Bags of fun, bags of fun. But it's a small car and it's a two-door car. That car is about 300,000 ringgit. So there's a big 90,000 difference. Now in the used car market, it's still about 270, 280 because it's very limited. However, I've driven the Yaris GR. It's bags of fun. It's manual. It's, it's well built and everything else. But the Civic Type R is just much better. Because A, it's four doors. I think that makes a big difference for me because I can carry my family in the car. Number two, I think the Yaris GR just looks a little bit stunted, the design. You might say, let's go for the Corolla GR, which is 20,000 more, 320,000. Corolla GR, four doors, great. Everything going for it right side by side with the Civic Type R in terms of handling, performance, features, everything else. But it's completely sold out. So, you know, that's the other problem, you know. So you have to wait for the grey market. Officially, I think the next batch is only coming in maybe end of the year. So you've got two very, very possible choices, I think. Golf R and the Corolla GR. Interesting. And that is a review of the Honda Civic Type R. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your review. Thank you for having me. And I hope uh, you go home and you start dreaming about owning your own Type R. That's all we have for tonight's edition of Cruise Control. If you've missed any part of the show, you check out the podcast. I recommend BFM app, which is available for free on Apple App Store and Google Play. Or you can go to the website, just search up Cruise Control on the search bar. That's where you can find all of our previous episodes. Uh, we're going to be back same time next week. So signing off for tonight is Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.